This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast, brought to you by the team behind BikeRadar.com, Cycling Plus, and MBUK magazines. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe. And if you can do so, leave us a rating on your podcast provider of choice. It really helps us reach other cyclists like you. Welcome to the Bike Radar Podcast. My name is George Scott, the Editor-in-Chief of Bike Radar, and today I'm joined by Simon Von Bromley in the studio here in Bristol and Alex Evans at home in Bonnie, Scotland. Alex, I'll start with you. How are you this morning? I'm great, thanks, George. Um, just enjoying some lovely, warm Scottish weather. Although I'm wearing a hoodie, uh, unfortunately, listeners, you can't see that, so you wouldn't think it's that warm, but actually, we're, we're, we're pretty good today. Good to hear. Were you down in Bristol earlier in the in the week, so it's good to see you in person, but today we've got you via Zoom. And Simon, you're here in the studio. How are you this morning? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I mean, yeah, it is much warmer down here in Bristol. We're only wearing a t-shirt. And actually, actually, if anyone knew, Al, you would know that just a one layer would mean it's practically Caribbean up in Scotland, because normally when we see Al on Zoom, he's wearing six layers because he refuses to put the heating on at home. This is very true. And the summer <laughs> is my favourite time of the year because you do not have to put that aforementioned heating on. How are you, George, anyway? I'm good, thank you. Enjoying this uh, this this late burst of summer weather after um, the worst summer I can ever remember. So it's nice to have some sunshine, even if actually it's now too hot. So I'm just going to moan about that. <laughs> um, anyway, we've got three new bikes to cover today. We've got one new road bike, one new mountain bike, and one new gravel bike. So we've got something for everyone to stick with us, regardless of whether you're a roadie, a gravel rider, or a mountain biker, or maybe all three. 
Before we get started, I've got one thing to ask of you, and that is please drop us a like and uh, subscribe to the podcast via your podcast platform of choice. It makes a big difference, gets us up the podcast rankings, gets this pod up to more people just like you. And we really appreciate if you could do that one thing to us. Uh, and also, if you have any feedback or any suggestions for topics, do drop us an email at podcast at bikeradar.com. We always love hearing from you. We love getting your feedback. And we'll always get back to you. So drop us an email and we'll, uh, and we'll have a chat and work out what we can do in the pod in, in the future. So I'm going to start with you. We've got the Ridley Falcon as our first bike to talk about today before we move on to a new Trek Slash on the mountain bike side and then we're going to finish with the Villiers Adler, a new gravel bike. But the new Falcon, this was released just on Friday but we actually saw this one back at the tour if anyone remembers the Ridley that we spoke about there. It was Caleb Ewan's bike but what do we know now that uh, Ridley have officially launched this new road bike? Yeah, so I think as you say we saw a uh, uh, just before the Grand Depart, we saw Caleb Ewan's bike at the Lotto Destiny Team Hotel in Bilbao. And I, I think the launch kind of confirms most of what we suspected. It's a, a blend of lightweight, high stiffness, aerodynamics into a single package, kind of splitting the difference between the, the Noah Fast Disc Aero bike and Ridley's Helium SLX uh, lightweight bike. And I think, you know, when we weighed uh, Caleb Ewan's Noah Fast Disc at the 2022 tour, you know, it was a reasonably heavy bike, I think around 7.8 kilos. And I'm guessing, you know, Lotto Destiny's team were kind of asking for a bike that didn't give up too much in terms of aerodynamics, but came a little bit lighter because this year's Tour de France was just one of the, you know, the kind of hilliest and uh, <laughs> most elevation gain tours in in kind of recent memory. And while kind of, you know, speeds are getting ever higher, aerodynamics is really important. We know that, you know, Tour de France pros want a bike that's as close to that UCI minimum weight limit of 6.8 kilos as possible. And so many brands are kind of targeting that. So I think that this bike kind of slots in there. We weren't really seeing the helium being raced too often. So I think this slots in as the kind of uh, lightweight option for the Lotto Destiny team. Do we have any numbers from Ridley around kind of frame weights and any aerodynamic claims that accompany this bike? So we have numbers for weight and uh, Ridley says a frame set is around 110 grams heavier than a Helium SLX in a size medium, but we didn't get any aero data comparing it to the NOAA. Um, in terms of, you know, so so it's hard for us to put a kind of, you know, X watts at 45 kilometers per hour figure on it. Now, you know, whether that's a kind of valuable claim for the, for the listeners to get, you know, I, I kind of leave that up to the up to the listeners to decide whether that's a loss not having that or not or not. But um, you know, certainly the bike itself has shorter truncated aerofoil tubes than the Noah Fast. You know, it's obviously it's a lighter bike, so the kind of aerofoils aren't as big. So it probably is slightly slower. But I think for the average person, it's not going to be a difference that you're going to be able to feel whilst riding. And is is this bike? representative of a of a wider trend for of brands trying to make an aerodynamic road bike aerodynamics are always going to be at the heart of any race bike but increasingly getting closer to that 6.8 kilogram weight limit yeah i think so and you know this is something we've kind of commented on a lot recently uh it's it, it, the kind of tarmac sl or specialized i should say tarmac sl7 well i think has been a very influential bike and you know now with the tarmac sl8 which you know, it's kind of an evolution of that bike. It didn't kind of, you know, reinvent the wheel there per se. Uh, I think a lot of brands are looking at that and and thinking that they kind of, you know, basically like a bit of that pie. It, it, it's a kind of, you know, for a brand to make, you know, lots of different bikes obviously means having inventory, having molds, having research and development for all these things. And if you can kind of combine it all into, you know, one bike and, you know, one set of carbon molds, one production line, you know, and for the pros as well, it kind of reduces that, 
weighing up of choice you know which one do i go for on which day and having to do you know it makes it easier if you just want to ride this bike every single day and obviously for a consumer it's probably unrealistic that you're going to buy a helium slx lightweight bike for your days in the mountains and then a ridley noah fast aero bike for your kind of crit days and most people just want one bike that can kind of do it all and so i think yeah it is indicative of a wider trend but i'm sure that in a couple of years' time, we'll all be going back and talking about pure aero bikes, pure lightweight bikes, because, you know, we, <laughs> these things are very cyclical. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And I'm sure Ridley probably have a, an update to the Noah up their sleeve at some point <laughs> yeah, in time exactly. in the next year or two because, uh, <laughs> well, because that's what bike brands do. Yeah. I know that Ash Quinlan, our senior tech editor on the roadside, has ridden this bike. Um, Ash, yeah, Ash is actually on a, on a launch for a bike that we can't talk about right now. But uh, I don't know if there's anything that you can share from Ash's review of the Ridley Falcon. Yeah, I certainly can. So interestingly, actually, Ash's review bike came with a Shimano Ultegra Di2 drivetrain, obviously the kind of up-to-date 12-speed uh, version. Had a size 56 centimeter, which uh, kind of Ridley has a slightly strange uh, sizing system and something Ash comments on it in his review. So 56 is, a, is nominally a medium. Uh, but the stack on that is very, very aggressive at uh, just 551 mils, which is 14 millimeters lower than the Noah Fast Aero bike. So that that's kind of one thing to, to note. And now that gives you potentially a very aggressive position on the bike. And Ash commented specifically that this makes it a pretty fast bike. <laughs> and, you know, your body is typically the, the biggest source of drag in any kind of you know bike and rider system. But obviously it's worth being mindful of that if you're shopping for a bike like this, because you know, you think, well, I could go a size up to get a bit more front end height, but obviously that's going to increase the reach of the bike as well. So so that was kind of interesting. I think in terms of weight, Ashes came in at 7.4 kilos, which is funnily enough, uh, you know, for a size medium, actually slightly lighter than Caleb Ewan's extra small bike that we saw at the Tour. Uh, and that includes the computer mount and bottle cages, but I guess it's, you know, it's worth noting that it doesn't include pedals. So, you know, add on 250 grams or so for a set of Durace pedals, but that's not, that's a com competitively lightweight bike for a kind of 56 centimeter frame with uh, an Ultegra Di2 group set. Mm -hmm. Well, let's move from one bike, which is competitively light to another category of bikes that perhaps isn't. We're going to jump to the other end of the bikes, uh, the bike spectrum, and that's to the, the Trek Slash. So, Alex, what can you tell us about Trek's new Slash Enduro bike? Luke Marshall actually went on the launch of this in, in Whistler, but Luke's uh, currently on his way to Morsing, ticking off the, the best bike spots in the world and leaving us to the podcast. Um, but yeah, Al, what can you tell us about the new Slash? Yeah, Luke, uh, Luke's definitely drawn the uh, drawn the, the longest straw there to, uh, to be trekking around the world to all the great destinations. So uh, I guess I'll precast this, that Trek Slash has won uh, Bike Radar's Bike of the Year Award twice, uh, back in 2017 and 2021. So the previous model, you know, it's it's a popular bike and, you know, we see loads of people out riding it on the trails. Um, so where could Trek possibly go from something that's so well regarded? Well, what they've done is uh, they've added a high pivot suspension system, basically, and they've moved to a standard mullet wheel setup from the factory. So previously, the uh, Slash had a standard low pivot um, and was 29-inch wheels front and rear. This one kind of eschews that trend and puts the pivot way above the chainring. 
Now, it's not like a crazy high pivot. It's not like, um, I was trying to think, it's not Norco Shore high pivot. It, it's, you know, it's a little bit lower than that. Um, I think it has 18 millimeters of of chain chain stay growth during compression, um, which you know it's a reasonable amount. I think the the Devin, the Norco Shore is is somewhere around 23 to 25 millimeters, so it's a little bit less. So I guess technically it's probably a mid a mid pivot design. Um, no bad thing though, you know it kind of balances the in inverted commas best of both worlds. Um, you know the cycling industry loves banding that one around with, you know all, all of these cliches. Um, where you know you're going to have some of the advantages of a high pivot system that the rear wheel can move up and out of the way of bumps, um, but fewer disadvantages. So you know you may be going to suffer a little less with brake jack, um, and your chain's not going to be as long because your idler wheel location uh, is a bit lower because that pivot's lower. So what have they done? Well, it's got 170 millimeters of travel. Um, it's got super aggressive geometry, so head angles down to 63 degrees. Um, Sorry, 63.3 degrees if we're getting getting pedantic. And then the size small goes to 63.5 degrees. There's also plus minus one degree headset cups. Um, these, however, aren't uh sold with the bike. You have to buy them separately. So, you know, if if you don't think your 63.3 degree head tube angles slack or steep enough, then you're gonna have to buy yourself some aftermarket cups. Um, seat tube angles 77 degrees, which is, you know, that that's pretty steep in these days. It's a pretty standard figure across most manufacturers. It seems to be where most people are settling. Um, and um, you know, you're kind of looking at, at reach figures. Now, these aren't kind of changed from the old model in terms of not every size has gone bigger. So in the six size range, which is a small, medium, a medium large, a large, and an extra large. I think that's six. I'm not very good at counting. Is that five? One, two, three, four, five. It's five. Oh dear. Maths is not my strong point. Um, you start at 430 millimeters for the small, which is pretty similar to the outgoing bike. Um, and that rises to 513 millimeters for the extra large. And the other ones kind of sit in the middle. So in that respect, it's not crazy. You know, it's not like poly levels of extreme or geometron, but you know, it's pretty, it's pretty bang on the money. Unsurprisingly. It's super expensive. So the top of the range model, £11,750. For that, you do get a RockShox flight attendant Zeb. You get SRAM's XX transmission uh, drivetrain. And um, you know you get your access reverb. You get your carbon bits and bobs. Um, the most affordable one, £4,250. Now, this is clad uh, in Shimano's XT slash Dior mixed drivetrain. And the frame's actually made from aluminium. So the bottom two models are aluminium, the top three are carbon fiber. So I've got two questions for you, Alex. Yes. The first one, if someone uh, is listening to this podcast who, like me, has come to hear about the Ridley Falcon, they're interested in fast, lightweight, aerodynamic road bikes, and they hear the words high pivot mountain bike, yeah. what is going on with a high pivot? And secondly, I know a little bit about this through reading your work. I know that, or I think, there's a little bit of a trend towards more brands using a high pivot system. So firstly, what is it? And secondly, is that the case that we're seeing this on more bikes than ever? A high pivot suspension design basically moves the main pivot that connects the swing arm to the main frame of the bike above the chainring. Now, the higher you move the pivot above the chainring, the more rearward the axle path is. This basically means that it can absorb bumps better. One of the disadvantages of moving the chain away from the chainring, i.e. by moving it up, is that you have other forces involved in the design, such as pedal kickback 
um, brake jack. That there's loads of different things here, and one of the ways to mitigate these is by including an idler wheel. Now, this is a toothed cog that sits above the chainring, and the chain routes from the cassette to the toothed cog. Um, your position of the toothed cog, your idler wheel, in relation to the main pivot point, dictates how well the bike pedals and how much pedal kickback there is. So our new Trek here, it has uh, a 19 tooth idler wheel. Now Trek say they've uh, made the idler wheel 19 teeth because it's quote big. Uh, most other brands use 17 or 18 tooth idler wheels. The bigger it is, the less friction it has, the less drivetrain resistance there is. Um, so that's kind of the, the basic principle of, of what they're trying to do with the design. They're trying to make it absorb bumps better, undo any of the potential pitfalls they have by using this design okay have we covered high pivots on the pod before as a, as a specific topic I, I believe we might have done okay well let's find the link to that and we'll, we'll drop it in the description and if we haven't then let's get it on the schedule because yeah, um, yeah my, as i say my perception is that more bikes are adopting this design is that is that f- a fair view yeah i'd say so i mean in enduro bikes so one of the things with high pivots is a lot of people with all these added drivetrain complications, people are like, oh, there's extra drivetrain friction. But you wax your chains, don't you, Al? So you don't worry about that. I don't worry about it. But I use, <laughs> I use, drip, I use drip wax, Simon, so I'm immediately in your bad books. Um, That's fine. I'm fine with that. It's better than oil. Okay. Yeah. It's also easier to clean than oil. I yeah, it say. is. Yeah. So, you know, but people are like, oh, high pivot bikes, they've got loads of, loads of drivetrain friction. They're so hard to pedal. So... The trend at the moment is we see high pivot bikes in downhill, mostly, with a few of them trickling down to enduro and then even fewer going down to trail type bikes. Um, so is it is it like an emerging trend? No, because they've been around forever. But are we going to see more brands potentially taking on this design? I think I think maybe in this mid-pivot design that really the the trek, the trek slash is, you know, it's a it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good compromise. Excellent. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our final bike, which is uh, one that sits in in the middle, broadly speaking, between the Ridley and the Trek. Although, as a drop bar gravel bike, is is certainly more on the the Ridley end of the spectrum. So this is the Villia Adler. Uh, this one arrived off the back of last week's launch of the new Shimano GRX twelve speed mechanical group set. In short, it's a new gravel bike from Villia, with a, and I think it places a greater focus. It's fair to say on adventure and bikepacking than the current Villier Rave SLR, which might be the bike that most listeners are familiar with. It's a, an aero gravel race bike that Ivan Slick won to w- uh, or used to win Unbowed in 2022. Uh, Villier also has the Jenna, which does have more of an off-road focus than the Rave. So those, th- these are now the three carbon gravel bikes in, in Villier's uh, range. There's the Jenna, there's the, the Rave and the new Adler. So where the Adler fits in is that it offers... Um, significantly more tyre clearance than both of those bikes and with it significantly more off-road potential in theory. So the Adler now offers 52mm of tyre clearance versus the Jenna's 44mm and Villiers have also designed it to offer compatibility with gravel suspension up to 40mm without affecting the bike's geometry. So it does come with a rigid fork but if you wanted to swap in a suspension fork then Villier has designed this bike to to accommodate that without um, making any significant changes to the geometry. Interestingly, and this this is a a trend we've seen in in the gravel world over the past couple of years. It also brings in elements from mountain biking in terms of many of the things that Alex just spoke about. 
uh, a longer reach, a shorter stem and a slacker head angle. So I wanted to ask you this one, Alex, because I know that you're a big fan of longer and slacker when it comes to mountain bike riding. So what what generally are the advantages of going longer and slacker on a, on a bike, regardless of whether it's gravel or uh, as is your specialism, mountain biking? Yeah, definitely. Huge number of advantages, but the, the most important is, is stability, basically, is, is your stability at speed. Um, it slows down the bike's handling. So while on the one hand, it might make it harder, in inverted commas, to turn quicker, um, it reduces your chances of, of getting things wrong, basic, getting things wrong, basically. The margin for error is, is broadened hugely. So, you know, you drift or slip on a corner or whatever, the bike's not twitching beneath you. It's got an inherent stability on it. So when you're hurtling down a gravel fire road at 60 kilometers an hour and you hit a drainage ditch, you know, it, it's not going to, it's not going to kick you over the bars. Mm. So we it's, hope. <laughs> we hope it's this kind of a geometry that we're seeing on gravel bikes that are certainly leaning towards the, the off-road end. Um, we had a recent podcast with with Warren talking about the diversification of gravel bikes and how we now have numerous subcategories. And, and what we are seeing is an increased number of gravel race bikes at one end and an increased number of bikes that are, are learning as much as possible from mountain bikes at, at the other. And I think this is where Villiers has added in the Adler with that huge 52 mil of tyre clearance. I think that's two inches in mountain bike terms. Uh, suspension compatibility and and this longer uh, slacker geometry with a nice short stubby stem on there. So definitely interesting to see that uh, Villiers is now offering multiple options for gravel riders, which is something we're seeing from most brands uh, moving away from one gravel bike to, to do it all to that diversification that, that I just mentioned. A couple of things to mention just before we wrap up. Ted, it is supplied with a rigid fork and that fork has internal routing for a dynamo. The frame is compatible with one by group sets only. And as you'd expect, there are lots of mounting points for bags. Uh, on top of that, though, Villier has developed a, a rack system, both for the front and the rear, that mounts via the through axles. The range runs from €3,700 to €5,400 and includes spec options for 11-speed GRX, the new 12-speed GRX, and uh, for those of us that like whiz-band gears, the, new, the, uh, the electronic SRAM rival Axis uh wireless group seven sounds like an absolute bargain compared to that trek slash <laughs> it does what was the top end price on the trek slash uh, it was 11 750 but the you know the funny thing is obviously you said that's hideously expensive or whatever but actually like a trek the top end trek madone slr or you know a monda slr would have been another three three or four grand on top of that you know, yeah. right, like mountain bike prices are still, I mean, this is something that, you know, we've kind of talked about off the cuff, George, but when I, I, I had a, you know, I've had a couple of sessions on a hire bike before and considered buying, you know, a cheap hardtail. I can't believe how cheap they are compared to, you know, a cheap road bike. You get a, you seem to get a lot more for your money uh, in on the mountain bike side of things currently. Yeah, I, I guess you're right in, in terms of, um, you know, suspension technology and all the best of, you know, all the rest of it. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. But I'm going to come straight back at you with, you could buy a motorbike for that. <laughs> which is a, which is a classic. you couldn't well, help of yourself course, yeah, <laughs> yeah of course can, yeah can, or, or a car or or anything you know, else yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> a bathroom suite if you so please <laughs> the the trek slash owl i know uh, luke rode it on on the launch have we got one coming into in for review i'd imagine so i i believe luke has got has got his hands on the exo transmission access bike um which is a, a pinch at around nine grand oh bargain <laughs> um, so yeah yeah, I believe we, we can uh, eagerly await Luke's Luke's uh, Luke's ride impressions, which I think actually might be in our headliners bike test. So keep keep tuned for that one. 
We do also have a, a video on the new Trek Slash on our YouTube channel. We'll put a link to that in the description to the podcast as well, where you can uh, see the bike in the flesh, see this high pivot system or this mid pivot system that Alex is talking about, and hear some of Luke's uh, first impressions on the bike before he takes it out for full review. The the Ridley Falcon, as we've already said, we've got a full review of that on the site, so we'll include the link to that. And the Villiers Adler, not sure what the plans are for that one, but certainly one we'll be uh, we'll be getting into testers as soon as possible. Let's wrap things up. Just a short, sweet one today. Alex, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And Simon, thank you for joining us. Cheers. And thank you everyone for listening. Once again, please do like us and, and leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice and send us that email at podcast at Bike Radar with your topic suggestions. Thanks again and we'll speak to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you've not done so already, please subscribe and share with your friends or leave us a rating if you've enjoyed this episode. 